betrayal in a marriage is it's almost like the worst thing that can happen. There's you can think of lots of other things that can happen in a marriage that can really rock your world, but when there's been betrayal, sexual betrayal, it's the worst thing that a man can do to his wife and the devastation that that the spouse goes through. Everything falls apart. It's like there's what you thought you had is no longer there. It's gone. Hi everyone. This is Brooks Popwell. Sexual sin has unfortunately become all too common today. But as widespread as it is, no one is totally prepared for when it suddenly hits home. Today, we're exploring the devastating impact that sexual sin has on a wife. And we're doing that by talking to two of the Pure Life Ministries' wives' counselors. To start off, Pure Life's co-founder, Kathy Gallagher, reveals some of the most painful things a wife experiences personally when she finds out about her husband's secret sin. Later, Kathy also talks about the struggle to forgive a husband's sin and the temptation of bitterness. And counselor Carol Bork offers her own sympathetic insight into some of the unhealthy reactions wives can go through during such a difficult trial. In our next episode, we'll revisit each of today's topics and look for answers to these problems wives are facing. But the goal today is to help those out there who are hurting and to equip those around them to understand what they're going through. This is Purity for Life. discovered my husband's sin, the sense of betrayal was profound um, because I had always believed and was raised in a home that believed that marriage was sacred and the union between a husband and wife was totally sacred. So when Steve had given away that sacredness that we had together as a couple, it was just devastating and it is for every wife the sense of betrayal of you've lost something something has definitely been lost through this process and the aloneness and the fear and all of the the emotions that come in because of that sense of betrayal not just the sense of betrayal but the actual betrayal that my husband has either been with other people physically or he has viewed pornography. Either way, it's just, it's devastating. And there's really no other term I can think of to describe it. Betrayal in a marriage is, it's almost like the worst thing that can happen. There's, you can think of lots of other things that can happen in a marriage that can really rock your world, but when there's been betrayal, sexual betrayal, it's the worst thing that a man can do to his wife or that a wife can do to her husband. It happens both ways. Mostly it's men um, in sexual sin, but there have been women that have been in sexual sin, and the devastation that, that the spouse goes through, everything falls apart. It's like 
there's what you thought you had is no longer there. It's gone. And you're reeling from where do I go from here? How how do I put this back together? And just, I think the aloneness and the fear, the lostness is the word that keeps coming into my mind. You feel so lost. This person that I love, that I've completely given myself to and have devoted the rest of my life to has betrayed me. The person that I counted on and depended on and needed and wanted and was one with has betrayed me. Has, in a sense, this is maybe overly dramatic, but has put a knife in my back. At the very least, put a knife in this relationship. Um, mistrust is enormous because you don't just land on your feet after you find out that your husband has been unfaithful. Um, you're more like on your back and you don't know how to get up and how do you move forward? How, how do you, if there has even been repentance, how do you go from this reality forward? How do you go into the future with this man? How do I ever know that I can trust him again. How do you build trust in this mess? Mistrust for me wasn't as big of a deal as it is for a lot of women and because I just was very naive and I wanted it to work and I was just ready to move forward. But it kept happening. And so that's when mistrust was really becoming a part of my world and how to deal with it was a real problem for me, and I know it is for lots of women. You just don't know how to move forward. The sense of rejection is um, <laughs> brings me to tears to think about it. it uh, for a woman, it's just you start to think about what he's doing, um, especially if he's with other people. Um, you're immediately questioning yourself. At least I did. I questioned myself. What's wrong with me? What is so wrong with me that he needs to be with other people? Um, and it's just, yeah, it, it cuts at the heart of who you are as a woman, as a person. What is so wrong with me? that he needs to go somewhere else for sex. And even if it's just pornography, I would say that a man who commits physical adultery, um, that rejection, there is no comparison to that. There really isn't. You can't compare pornography to adultery. But what was so painful for me when Steve was viewing pornography was that he was leaving me out. He had a separate world that was his, that didn't include me, but it included all kinds of images and situations with strangers. And that, I was out of his world. And not that I wanted to be a part of that world, but 
the statement that was being made, whether he was vocalizing it or not, he was living out, this is who I am, this is what I want, and I don't want you in there. And that is hard to reconcile. I would say the worst thing that can happen to a woman, far more than lost love, is losing respect for her husband because if you don't respect him you're not going to fight for him you're not going to get in his corner and you're not going to do battle you're going to just your viewpoint my viewpoint I'll just use my own story my time after time after time Steve would fail and without repentance and I just got to the point where I started seeing him differently. He wasn't the strong, confident guy that I married. I saw him as weak. I saw him as like kind of sleazy. And my my respect was just going away. And I didn't, I kind of didn't even care. In fact, I wanted him to go away. I didn't want to fight for the marriage. There was nothing to fight for. I just um, couldn't imagine living with him. Literally, I could not fathom living with this man anymore. I had such disdain and disgust inside for him that there was nothing left to fight for. There's a lot of fallout from a man in sexual sin and the outcome for a wife the symptoms, the outcomes, the results of the sin that he's been in is just, it's pretty hard to sum it all up and say one thing. There are so many things that happen to a woman um, and to their marriage as a result of infidelity. As you can tell, our wife's counselors have been there, and they know that as hard as it is for a wife who's just finding out about her husband's sin, other struggles will quickly follow. So as we're seeking to understand sexual sin's impact, Carol Bork offers some helpful insights. As a counselor, she's walked with so many women through their trials, and so she clearly describes how hard it can be for wives to respond the right way both in their relationships with their husbands and in their relationships with God. Carol, when the shock of the revelation about a husband's sexual sin comes out, I know there's just got to be so much going on inside a woman dealing with this as far as how she's responding to it all. And I wanted to talk to you specifically about how the women that you counsel respond both to God and to their husband. So first of all, starting with the response to God, I would think there's got to be a lot of questions that come up in a woman's mind. Yeah, I think for um, a woman, she sometimes will question, you know, why did God allow me to marry this man if he knew what he was really like? Or sometimes she'll question God and say, well, I knew he had a little struggle before we were married, but why didn't he stop this once we got married? And I guess I've also heard other women 
sometimes question God's goodness, even. Um, especially the ones who have kept themselves pure prior to getting married. Um, some of these women can actually get angry with God. If a woman's mindset is that her husband is or was created to be the one to make her happy and to satisfy all of her needs, then when this woman is faced with her husband's unfaithfulness, she's left devastated and usually feeling very overwhelmed and hopeless. Well, I know it's got to be hard to boil down all the different responses women might have in this trial, but I do want to talk about maybe two kinds of women and get your thoughts on what you've seen as the issues they have to face, because I would think that this struggle and the way it plays out in a woman's relationship with God would depend on how closely she was walking with God before this crisis hit, right? So can you tell me first what it might look like for someone who's not been really close to God beforehand once this happens in the marriage? What kind of things is she going through and dealing with? The reaction for the one who really has not been walking closely with the Lord um, is primarily about herself. And the focus is on, you know, how this man has ruined her life and caused her this unhappiness and grief. This woman does not see, you know, that this is a spiritual battle. All she can see is that her husband has done this to her. But for the woman who has an ongoing, abiding, daily relationship with Jesus, I think it's easier for her to see who the real enemy is. And after the initial shock, I think that she understands that, you know, the Lord is with her in this, and she is able to turn to him for what she needs to go through this painful process. Yeah, you know, I I can imagine that no matter how well prepared you are spiritually for this, some of the battles are just going to be things you have to go through regardless, right? There's really no way to fully prepare for a revelation like this, I'd imagine. No, that's true. Um, You know, I, I believe it's devastating for the woman who is walking with the Lord and for the woman who isn't walking with the Lord. Um, but again, I think for the one who has a relationship with the Lord, she is more in tune, I guess I would say, to, um, the spiritual aspect of what's going on and not just focus on this has ruined my life and it's about me and what I'm going through. She does see that her husband is in great danger, spiritually speaking, and so I think she's able to somehow um, enter into, with her husband, just this battle that they're both about to be facing once, once she finds out and things come into the light. All right. Now let's pivot and look at how a wife is responding to all of this in relation to her husband. And again, talking in generalities might be hard because I'm sure... Each woman you talk to has a different kind of personality. 
But I want to zero in on two different types of problematic responses that I know you've told me you've seen in the past and just maybe get you to flesh out what that looks like a little bit. The first one that you've mentioned to me is I know a lot of women that you talk to are really focused on changing their husband. Can you tell me a little more what you mean by that? What does that look like? Well, for this woman, uh, she's she's determined to change him, and she usually crosses that line um, into trying to control him. And then she begins to monitor his every move. Um, Some of these women begin to police their husband's every move, or she can become a nag if she isn't seeing the results that she wants. Yeah, you know, you mentioned control. I was reading the testimony of one woman recently that was talking about this kind of situation, and she admitted struggling with that very reaction. In fact, the two words that I did kind of highlight in her testimony that stood out to me were control and fear. Like almost you could reword it to be a fear of losing control. So if that's really some of what's going on here, can you talk some more about that and how that dynamic plays into this reaction of going overboard with trying to change a husband? Yeah. Um, you know, for her, she she lives in a constant state of fear, you know, of what he's doing or what he isn't doing. And again, uh, you know, she's trying to control his every move. Um, it reminds me of a woman I recently counseled whose husband was retired and in sexual sin. And during our counseling session, we, we were just talking and she told me that she did not leave her house anymore. And when I asked her why, she said because she feared that if she left the house, even to go to the grocery store, that the first thing her husband would do would be to run to the computer. And so this poor woman, you know, has created this a self-imposed prison for herself and really for her husband. Um you know, her life is based on fear and on trying to control him. And it's just so, it was so sad to me when she shared that with me. Carol, for wives who may be listening, you've been there. You know what this feels like. And I know as a biblical counselor, you have to point out where these flaws are in a woman's reactions, responses. But I know that's not for a lack of compassion and feeling what she is going through and the fact that all of this is generated from just this terrible situation from her husband's sin. I mean, you you know that because it was your own experience. And so I know you come from that angle, right, of a lot of understanding for the women in this in this place. Yeah. Um, fear is paralyzing. You know, it will paralyze a woman. And so... Yes, there is a balance of, you know, compassion. I have a lot of compassion for these women for what they're going through. But sometimes um, who we are as a people, you know, we want people to come alongside of us when something devastating happens to us and, you know, sympathize with us or even, you know, give us a little bit of pity. And so, you know, for the biblical counselor, I think our job is, again, 
we definitely understand because we've been through it. We want to, you know, give out compassion to this woman, but we don't want, we definitely don't want to see her fall into that pit of self-pity um, where she just is being swallowed up and justifying possibly some of her reactions to her husband. Um, yes, again, because she has been sinned against. Um, so we have to balance that out, and the Word of God is there to help us do that. I remember reading in the book of Corinthians, um, where Second Corinthians talks about, you know, God, the God of mercy, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. And that's, that is our job, to point these women to the Comforter. Amen. Well, let's look at another type of woman that you have told me you have had to deal with before, and that would be the one who's falling into this tendency to want to appease her husband, maybe instead of the more aggressive approach of trying to change him all by herself, this being what? Can you help us understand that idea a little more? Well, yeah, I think that this woman lives in fear as well, um, but her fear is of losing her husband, and that takes her to a level of how do I say this right? Um, Allowing him to have his cake and eat it too, possibly. Um, Because this woman is so afraid of what will happen to her and to her children that she would rather stay with her husband and turn a blind eye um, rather than confront him and take the necessary steps needed, you know, to get the help that that he needs. Um, And really, I guess I would say that this woman is more concerned about herself than about her husband's spiritual condition. Well, I'm sure that appeasing approach, again, like all these things, may look different from person to person on the outside. But if I'm understanding it right, what you're saying is a wife is trying really hard to please her husband and avoid dealing with the problem of sexual sin for fear of what it's going to do. But what have you found, as you've counseled people through this, what's underneath that? What deeper issue or issues have you had to confront when you need to change that approach? I think there are several reasons for it, but I'll I'll touch on two of them, which I think are very closely tied in together, so it would be really just one, um, and that is idolatry. You know, um, it's, it's trusting in something other than God to make us happy or to satisfy us or to fulfill us. I I was reading in Jeremiah 17 um, in verse 5, and it it says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes his flesh his strength. And this is the interesting part of this verse. And it says, Whose heart turns away from the Lord. And it's just so true that when a woman goes through this kind of devastation, it's like we become so consumed with what our husbands have done or did to us, I guess we could say it that way, and our hearts turn from God. 
and we turn them back onto ourselves and onto our problem, and all of a sudden, that the problem becomes absolutely enormous, and God becomes very, very small. So, you know, it's 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 more of a trust issue, I think, and you know, but the second part of Jeremiah 17 is so wonderful because it says that, and it's an encouragement to women that. Jeremiah talks about this, and he says, but the one who trusts in the Lord, um, that one, he said, will be blessed. And it says he, but I think we can say she. She will be like a well-watered tree whose roots go deep. And when trouble comes, she will not fear or be anxious, but she will yield ripe, unceasing fruit. And that just is such a beautiful picture to me of the woman who just completely trusts in the Lord, who sees that she has made her husband, her marriage an idol, and she acknowledges that, and she realizes that, and there's a turning from that and turning to the Lord. Well, I'm sure there's no way we could cover everything that's a part of a hurting wife's struggle. But before we end things today, Kathy Gallagher focuses in on one very big issue. She's been helping wives for over 20 years, and now she shares some thoughts about a very difficult problem wives can face, the problem of bitterness and unforgiveness. Kathy, we know that sexual sin has the potential to destroy a marriage. It's one of the main causes of divorce, but Even for couples whose marriages are still intact, I know you've seen that if sexual sin is present, there's usually extensive damage that's already going on and problems that a couple is facing on multiple fronts. First of all, can you give us a bit of an overall picture of what some of the main things are that sexual sin does to a wife? Yeah. I know firsthand what it's like. So I would say, Brooks, that, um, I mean, there are so many things, to be honest with you, and it doesn't, there's, you can't categorize these things. It's just like a wave of an ocean coming over your life. But I think the main things that I would say are what women deal with are trust, betrayal, intimacy, bitterness, confusion, insecurity. There's just a lot that um, happens in the marriage um, when there's been sexual sin. So those would probably be the main things that come to my mind, what they would be dealing with. Now, obviously, in our discussion, we don't have time to get to all of these things, but I want to delve into bitterness because I know you've seen bitterness occur a lot of times in the lives of the women you've dealt with. So first, in essence, what does this response look like? How would you define it? Well, bitterness is, um, you know, not different for different people, but it kind of manifests itself differently. Um, I know bitterness wasn't something that I dealt with a lot, um, but I have dealt with a lot of women who have struggled with bitterness. And basically bitterness is, it's, it is, because there has not been forgiveness granted. That's the reason for bitterness. That's why it's there. You can't have forgiven someone and have bitterness towards them. So it's the forgiveness issue 
that has not really been worked through. And then a root of bitterness springs up in the heart and it starts to grow. And what it actually looks like is it can manifest itself in lots of ways, but there's, there's resentment, someone who just carries resentment around in their heart, um, someone who's constantly questioning the motives of that person, um, sarcasm. You can be very sarcastic towards someone um, that you have bitterness towards, like you belittle them, you're condescending towards them, you treat them like a child. There's just a lot of things. And then there's always the anger issue with that is very much tied in with bitterness. Um, and women who are bitter, um, if they don't deal with it, grow harder and harder and more callous and more entrenched in those attitudes to the point where they are, they're moving away from the Lord and don't even necessarily realize that that's what they're doing. Someone said to me once, I, I'm not sure who it was or where I got it from actually, but they describe bitterness as it's the poison we drink, hoping it will kill someone else. And it really is, that is what it is. It's like vengeance or I want to be vindicated or I want, I want to get my own back. Well, I know as we were talking before we started this interview, you were telling me about how this issue isn't one of the things that necessarily pops up on day one. So as a wife is dealing with the aftermath of sexual sin that just came out, she's probably dealing with a lot of other things, broken trust, whatever else. But this issue of bitterness might be something that hasn't emerged yet, right? It's possible. I mean, you know, like I said, forgiveness is the real issue. When you've forgiven someone, um, what you're basically doing is you're letting the debt go. You're forgiving the debt. You're pardoning the debt that was owed, in a sense. That's what forgiveness is. That's what Jesus did for us. He pardoned our sins. Um, So if that isn't dealt with, um, bitterness is going to follow. I mean, it just is. Um, They go together. So forgiveness is the first thing, dealing with that. And then you can start to deal with, I think once you have forgiven someone, that the bitterness doesn't become such an issue. But if a woman is, as I described, some of those issues are in her life, um, you have to go back to the beginning and deal with the forgiveness issue. Next, I'm thinking that perhaps we might have pastors or other leaders out there listening and I would have to think that for someone like that who's approaching a wife and trying to help, like maybe a pastor's wife, for instance, do you think that oftentimes they might find these women and the people around them see bitterness as a sin, or do you think it's more common for them to feel it's just justified to feel that way? I think it depends on the person. I think some people do think that a wife is justified um, for being angry and bitter. It's like, when you stop and think about the reality of what she's going through, that her husband's either committed sexual sin with another person or he's got a, um, an addiction to pornography, a lot of people would be very empathetic and sympathetic that, yeah, I would be too. You know, that's how that's the feeling, the natural response is like, well, of course, of course she's angry. She should be angry. She wouldn't be normal if she wasn't angry. And there's, yeah, of course, betrayal. It's terrible. It's a horrible thing. And yet there's the other side to it. When you're a Christian and you know the scriptures, you know that 
somebody needs to intervene and and stop that flow um, and and look at things. Yes, there is the place where I won't even say bitterness is normal or natural or to be expected because bitterness is going from unforgiveness into bitterness is a big leap and it takes time for that to happen that's that's that root that springs up that hasn't been dealt with and it springs up and a root has a system beneath the surface that no one else can see but it's growing and it's gaining strength and it's getting entrenched and dug in. And then by the time you start to see the fruit of that, it's a strong plant in a woman's heart. Um, and I believe that it's very appropriate for spiritual leaders, pastors, counselors, whoever, to deal with those issues that a wife would normally be dealing with. That it's it's not wrong to assume that she would be dealing with that. Um and in many cases, she wouldn't necessarily be, but I wouldn't assume that she's free of bitterness or anger or anything just because she's not showing any outward signs yet. So if I'm understanding you, you're saying that in some ways it would be normal for some of these emotions to well up. It's just a human reaction, but that it's all about how you deal with these things, right? When they come up? Yeah. And again, you know, Brooks. And to all who are listening, it's there's this is not a package deal. It's not like, okay, a woman who's been hurt by her husband's sexual sin is going to do this, 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 and this. It doesn't happen that way. For example, in my situation, when it all came out, um, I was I would say that I was more um, hurt, deeply hurt by the betrayal. I didn't deal with a lot of anger or a lot of bitterness. I dealt with a lot of hurt. I was very insecure. I was very um, blaming myself. Um, Other women are mad. I mean, they are just angry. And those are the tip, those are usually the women who end up getting really bitter. Um, So I wouldn't, I wouldn't just assume that every wife needs to be dealt with for bitterness. But I do believe that there are certain um, personality types that would be more towards that, go in that direction. Um, And I call them fixers. They're the wives who want to fix everybody or fix problems or fix things. Those are the ones that would really probably have the most struggle. And that's, again, that's not to say that they're the only ones. Um, But I think as a leader, as a spiritual leader, a pastor, a counselor, you have enough experience with people to know who would who would fall in that category and who would need to be ministered to in that way. Well, you kind of already touched on this, but I was curious if you could get a little more into the consequences of bitterness and unforgiveness. Because I know you're not unsympathetic toward a wife, but also that you want to urge caution against leaving all this unchecked. What can bitterness do if it is left to itself? Well, you will be separated from God for sure because, um, you know, at the sort of at the heart of bitterness um, is, it, yeah, again, it's, it's a difficult thing to say, um, but there's a trust issue between the woman and the Lord. And um, I believe 
I, I know a lot of women who have struggled with bitterness. I know a lot of them. I have some in my life right now that are really dealing with it. And um, But the women that are in my life now that I have been working with or know, bitterness um, has stayed with them. They have allowed it to stay in their hearts. They have not sufficiently humbled themselves to forgive the offender. Um, And that's really what has to happen. If you don't forgive, then it turns into something, which is bitterness and other things, but they become so hard, so hard-hearted and so callous. And there's this gradual, almost imperceptible moving away from the heart of the Lord, the, the heart of mercy that God is. And they become callous. Now, they may be just lovely people to others, to everybody else. But when it comes to their husband, that's where the line is drawn. That's where the wall goes up. And I will not, I will not let him hurt me again. And so that attitude, though, has walled God out. Whether or not they are willing to accept that or believe that, that is the reality because you can't have that thing in your heart and walk with Christ. It's just, I mean, an ongoing. I can give you an example of a woman I've I've known for a long, long time, and she's been in a 30-year marriage that has been brutal, brutal because she would not forgive this man. And so it has been, she is so far down the road in this bitterness now that there's no life with God. Even though she says Christian things, there's no life. And she is wandering. It's like she's out in the middle of the ocean just wandering aimlessly in life. And it's grievous to me because it doesn't have to be that way. A wife does not have to be that way. I know one big part of any biblical counseling is imparting hope. And for women who are in this kind of a crisis situation, that's got to be huge. So even for this aspect of bitterness, I know you believe God is able to change even that, and you've seen that. So for marriages where it seems like this just can't be turned around, this bitter spirit that is just too ingrained, how would you offer hope to a wife in that situation? The gospel offers that hope. We are never without hope. The issue isn't that the bitterness has taken such root and has gone so deep that there's no point of return on it. That's not true. You can always turn to the Lord and he is always ready to forgive and he can break the power of that thing in your life. You have to humble yourself though. And that is the issue that that's what it boils down to. You have to humble yourself and you have to be willing to let the Lord Jesus Christ come in and take over those parts in you that feel it feels impossible to ever love this man. It feels impossible to ever not have this resentment inside. But it is possible. It's absolutely possible. The gospel is, that is our hope, is the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. It's him. It's his life coming into us. That is the hope of glory, Christ in you. And that is what does it. It's not that you have to try harder or you have to act, put on a smile when you want to murder him. That's not it. It is Jesus in you. 
That's the hope. And that's what you have to get back to. You have to go back to the beginning, maybe, and start over with your walk with Christ. Because that is where everything is centered at. It's in your walk with Christ. Having read some of your story, I know you admit that this takes time. So I just want to ask you, in your experience, what did that process look like where you came to have a change of heart towards Steve? I had to see my own need. I had to quit being so focused on what he did to me and seeing it as an offense. And somehow the Lord was able to help me see my own black-heartedness through the whole process. I've never been able to articulate it very well, but when Steve's sin came out, my response at first was anger. It was all the stuff that we go through, but somehow the Lord helped me to see my own heart and my own need. And that sight is what kept me from becoming an angry, bitter wife, because I saw what was in me. I saw what I was like. And um, Jesus just, I just cried out to him. I kept crying out to the Lord, asking him to help me. I wasn't asking Jesus to fix my marriage. I mean, in the beginning, I was doing that for sure. But as I started going through this process, my heart became, God, help me. I'm a sinner. I need to turn. I need to repent. I need to change. And, you know, anybody that's read my story knows that I ran off with another man. I was an adulteress. And that just leveled the playing field for me because it was no longer Steve, the perpetrator, who had committed such crimes against me. Now, I was the adulteress. And that really, to be honest with you, was probably um, one of the best things that ever happened to me in terms of my life with God, my spiritual life with God. It showed me what I was capable of and what was inside. So when I saw, I ran to Calvary, I ran to the cross, and I buried myself there. And that is what helped me so much to love Steve, forgive Steve, stay with Steve, because I knew what I was. We were both sinners. And that's what Jesus used to help me get through this. I mean, it was like the thing that did it for me. You can hear more of Kathy's wise, heartfelt counsel for hurting wives in Podcast 320. And also, be sure to check out her book, When His Secret Sin Breaks Your Heart, at store.purelifeministries.org. And finally, once again, don't forget that next week we'll finish our discussion of all the topics we talked about today as Kathy, Carol, and another special guest join us to share their own experiences and give us biblical answers for wives who are hurting. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.